Kansas City's talk show for throttle junkies, motorheads, and anyone who loves rocking the driver's seat. From barn fresh to concour ready, Road Muscle Radio parks the latest news and the biggest names in rolling thunder right in your ears. Let's welcome your show hosts, 30-plus year radio veteran, author, playwright, lousy karaoke singer, and lover of fat and freaky American classic cars, Mark Catfish Groves, and freelance automotive journalist, senior auction analyst for Sports Car Market Magazine and American Car Collector Magazine, writer and editor of ReadTheDriven.com, Brett Hatfield. Let's put the pedal to the metal. Road Road Muscle Muscle Radio is on the air. Welcome back. Buckle up and be sure to check out Road Muscle Radio on Facebook, Twitter, and at RoadMuscleRadio.com for links, our blog, and our podcast. I'm Catfish Groves. And I am Brett Hatfield. Please share Road Muscle Radio with your friends via iTunes, Stitcher, you name it. Plus, if you'd leave us feedback, you know, that'd be awesome. Come on, we'd love to hear what you think. <laughs> I Oh, dude. And you can email driver at RoadMuscleRadio.com with any questions or suggestions because uh, this is a two-way street, and you are totally welcome on it. Coming up in this week's news, don't y'all try to lowball my Plymouth. I know what it's worth. You know, like uh-huh. half, half a mil. Yeah. Holy damn. A great crate coming in at over 1,100 horses. <laughs> FU before my F-150. And who's holding their own on the collector car market. Then in segment two of Road Muscle Radio, we've got David Williams on the line, who, along with his wife, Laura, owns Fast Lane Classic Cars in St. Louis, Missouri. It's a huge shop that rebuilds, restores, refines, modifies, maxifies, magnifies, whatever you drive. Damn! Plus, they sell some hot, hot, hot restos, resto mods, hot rods, rectified rat rods, motorcycles. I mean, it's, dude, it's Schwingtown. <laughs> Population U. <laughs> Plus, we'll find out how David's weekend went on the drag strip and the uh, race course. I am, I am absolutely guilty of frequenting that website. Yeah, it's a, it's a sexy, it's a sexy time. They've got stuff on there. They've got some guilty pleasure stuff on there. They've got a, a '76 Chevy <laughs> the- custom van that has good times painted all over yes. it. Your neighbors would kill you if you own this thing. The HOA would camp on your front porch. And I want it. It's, Dude, it's your stud. wife would divorce you, but her three best friends would be on the line. <laughs> <laughs> it is, it's a sight to see. And uh, it's going to be a lot of fun chatting with him. Have you uh, done anything car-wise? I've done a week? lot car-wise this week. What was the big one? Uh, and it was all Sunday. I, uh, you know, nothing was planned much for Father's Day. Uh, my dad's out of town. And my wife and daughter decided you know what would be cool for father's day just to leave him be let him go <laughs> let him go do his own thing and i sat around the house for about an hour and i was like i'm going went to the warehouse i washed five cars oh my gosh i rearranged stuff in the in the uh detail shop i spent time working on everything down there uh i drove vlad the corvette the harley yeah. truck uh <laughs> i I just played with everything down there, and and this was the most important thing. I found a new way to clean leather, especially light leather that's got a lot of ground and kind of grime in it. If you've gone too long in between details, there's a very cool new way to do that. And it's if you've seen those those Mister Clean Magic Erasers, yeah, yeah, you wouldn't think those would take grime out of leather. They work like a charm. And then what do you do to condition the leather right after you use it? I just go back with Lexol. Oh, my gosh. But 
but you take one of those and a little bit of an all-purpose cleaner, like Simple Green diluted two or three to one. Yeah. You don't want to use it straight. And you wouldn't think those little sponges would be abrasive, but those, th- you know, the light gray leather sections in the Harley truck? Oof. Yeah. It just cleaned those right up. It was so easy and so fast. Your dad is going to want that truck back. When he sees what you've done with it, because I saw it when he when you first got it, uh-huh. I'm like, "Wow, hey, that's fresh off the farm." Uh-huh. And then, uh, and the last time I saw when you'd driven it over here, and it was looking so good. Yeah, yeah, no, he can't that. have it. I'm gonna hide the keys. <laughs> he can't have it. <laughs> Sorry, Dad. No, no, no. Well, I uh, I was talking with a fella, and you saw it actually. Yes, I and, did. And it was is that pink? It was yes ish ish. That's the original. It's a 1956 Plymouth that I found. It's a uh, Belvedere, and it's got the push button. It's got uh, Kragers on it. I know that's well, what got you. That didn't hurt. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, kid, I was like, I don't have to. I don't even have to visualize it. I don't even have to go on the web, find Krager wheels, mm-hmm. cut out the uh, the. No, Krager they're already parts. on it. They're yeah, already on it. They're there, and uh, it's running, driving. Um, yeah, the interior's not exactly fresh. Mm-mm. And and maybe the trunk pan needs a little assistance. You think? Uh, if only you knew somebody who had a detail shop. Yeah. <laughs> if, if only you knew somebody who could weld. But, <laughs> actually, I do. Are you, you kidding? You can. You just don't do it well. I got to go to Hot Rod Express and then just <laughs> you gotta suffer go. Rick's disgust. He's like, what are you bringing this over for? I, I would... I, <laughs> This is kind of like an over-under. You want to make a bet on whether he laughs or he just shakes his head? Yeah, he's just, whatever, Mark. You want me to hot glue something on there? Because that looks like what that car is worth. He says, so which bank has your mortgage? (laughs) But uh, in my eyes, uh, it was pretty much spot on. Because that one car that, you know, I always make fun of myself for not being able to weld, that was a 56 Plymouth. Yeah. First car. And I also found a 1955 Plymouth and talked to the fella. But, damn, no. No, that thing's just, that's that's his pet screw-ups waiting for somebody else to fix. He dropped a 318 in it. Oh, the heater doesn't work. Oh, it's got a Nova front end and rear end on it. Wait a second. And also a Nova stub on the front. Uh, this is starting to sound like a Nova par. Oh, oh, but wait. It was, and it was, the interior was the exact color of my very first car. My first 55 Plymouth had that kind of uh, burgundy on peach mm-hmm. interior. Just ugly as hell, but it was, I loved it. Um this car had most of that, except the outside was painted red. And then he had put a 318 in it, which I, I don't really have that much against. But then you've got the Nova stub in the front. You've got a Nova rear end in the back and uh, from a 73 Nova. What, do you have a wreck Nova sitting there? And, and it was a three on the tree originally because it was a, it was a six-cylinder. It didn't have the V8 emblem. Mm-hmm. And he took the original three on the tree lever but hooked it up to the uh, transmission. What was it? A 727? Ah, damn it. I can't remember what the transmission was. But he hooked it up. It was a 277 or something like that. So he, you could just take the, the, the three on the tree, and that was how you change it, you know, from uh, re- park, reverse, first, first, second, third. And I'm like, but you can't see that. Oh, and it's a 12-volt now, except it didn't really, you know, get a, an inverter or converter so that you could hook it up to your dash lights. So you've got no dash lights, no heater. No. And it was the same price as no, that other No, you're one. saying the same word over and over again. It's the answer you got. It's no. It's no. And it can was I, a two-door. Can, can I make a, a quick suggestion? Oh, God. Here it comes. Yes. Okay. And, and take this for what it's worth. But if you do it this way and you find a winner, I'll help you go get it. I promise you. When you're doing your search 
on Facebook, change your search area to either Phoenix or Tucson. Oh, you know, I have not looked in there. I have looked mostly east and central. Well, if you do Phoenix or Tucson and do that 100-mile circle, yeah. there's a lot of cars down there. Not a damn one of them will have a spot of rust on them. None of them do. All the paint will be sun-bleached. Yeah. The paint will look hammered because it's been out in the sun, and this, you know it's 7,000 degrees down there. It's a dry heat. Yeah, so is a cutting torch. Yeah. <laughs> so is the sun. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> and they're about three miles from it. But do find desert climates where nothing rusts and do your your search areas around, around there. there do southern texas or even out you know toward el paso yeah. uh west texas uh, do desert climates and set your search area there and go out 100 miles then all the metalwork is not a problem because there's no rust on them as long as the thing hasn't been crashed into a tree or a foam pole It'll probably be okay. Now, the paint will look like hammered hell. Yeah. But at least it'll be on top of metal. We can do that. <laughs> we can do that. We can clean it up. We can yeah. see if there's any life left in it. If there's not, hell, get it wrapped. Or let's learn how to paint. Or maybe the kids from McPherson would like a spring break project. <laughs> hey, guys. Or, you, help you know, there's a hundred different ores. You can find one. Maybe one of the Votex around here. You let them use it. You know, you get an okay paint job, but it doesn't cost a fortune. Yeah. Try something like that. But let's find you a car that when we look at me, oh, wow, look at the herpes. <laughs> That's patina. That's a lot of patina. It was a girl named Patina. <laughs> That's 18 levels deep of patina. Yeah, not a bad idea. So, so just a thought. Just, right, a thought. just a thought. And if you find a winner down there, not only will I help you go get it, we got a business in Tucson. I'll have somebody collect it and squirrel it away. We'll go get it after a while. Oh, how fun. You know people. I know people. I know people. Uh, gonna, yeah. got a I know. Who can help you out. <laughs> story of my life, baby. <laughs> well, in the news, uh, there is an old Plymouth, uh, you know, and I was looking at an old Plymouth. It, it's you probably, don't say. I think they're going to want a little bit more for theirs than ours. It's set to go under the hammer at Meekum's Indie Auction next month. It's a 71 Cuda convertible. Do you want me to go look at this for you when I'm there? Yeah. No. Uh, <laughs> too, and it, it has patina, too. Too many zeros on the end? It might. A couple. The uh, It's a pretty unique, uh, as the auction house noted, the export market wasn't large at the time. And this amazing, and the, I quote this, uh, it's from an article by Michael Gauthier uh, from carscoops.com. This amazingly unrestored 1971 446 barrel Cuda is one of the one of only two such cars from wow. the final year of the Cuda convertible production. Unquote. Now, on top of that, this car is just one of quote 17 V code 446 barrel Cuda convertibles. Unquote. Produced that year. You're going to drive around playing like your Nash Bridges. Yeah, hell's yes. <laughs> Fine on that thing. Yeah. <laughs> There's. A, only one thing, I'd be stopping two places, gas station and the tire store. Uh-huh, that's it. <laughs> and not always in that order. Uh, it's not in the best shape. It spent 35 years locked away in a storage container. Oh, no. Uh, it didn't offer as much protection as they think. The paint's faded, bunch of rust spots, patina. Mm-hmm. And despite the, uh, although they say despite this, the interior appears to be in relatively good shape. And the, quote, driveline and mechanical components have been refreshed, unquote. So it's running. Now, it's original. It's Totally original, pretty much stem to stern. One of two. Well-documented, broadcast sheet, fender tag, door VIN decal that is still intact, 
original body panels, as well as a 7.2-liter V8 engine. Uh, their other highlights include a, a Torred ex, uh, exterior with a contrasting black top, the rally wheels, go-wing. It's got a rear spoiler because, mm-hmm. you know, that's what's going to hold that big-ass monster on the ground. Not the 4,000 pounds of weight. No, <laughs> you don't think? Uh, there's also black bucket seats, a slap stick shifter, torque flight automatic transmission. Okay, all that being said, this uh, slightly rusted old behemoth is uh, heading to the auction pl- block. What do you think they expect it to fetch? You know, Mopar people are nuts. <laughs> we are. <laughs> Mopar, they're just crazy. We, we, we drive for love. And this is one of two. So this is going to be a six-figure car and probably a mid-six-figure car, if not upper six-figure car. You Mopar guys are crazy, and they said there's only two of these things. If that's accurate, it's, it'll be over a half million. They're saying uh, they're looking at somewhere between five hundred and seven hundred thousand dollars. You know how many mid-year Corvettes I could go out and buy for that money. You know how many fifty-six Plymouths I could buy for that kind of money. Enough to have your own fleet. You make Hertz right. jealous. You're, it makes me jealous. <laughs> <laughs> five hundred to seven hundred grand. Man, is that a ton of money? Going up on the uh, block next month. Good Very cool. Grief. Well, if you got a little bit less cash, but you still want to have some fun. And that 427 crate motor we talked about yeah. last week with 570 horse isn't enough for you. Yeah, that thing seemed pretty sweet itself. 570 horse is a ton, man. I've only ever driven one other car like that. I drove that uh, Ford GT last year in Las Vegas. Wasn't that the one you said kind of scared you for your life? It's, it wasn't so much scary. It's just you couldn't get on it at all. A little tap on the gas, and he goes, and back inside with something. Okay, so there's the line. <laughs> the line is beyond. Uh... Yeah, the line is just barely out of park. <laughs> That's where the line animal. is. Uh, so this week, not to be outdone by the GM crate motor, that LS swap that we were talking about, KTAC took their LT5 crate motor. I love this story. I just love this story. How much power do you need to go back and forth to Walmart or go out on a date? Well, you know, if you're in a, what, a a pretty much stock Hellcat, you're talking 700 horsepower? Yeah. How about about more than that? Uh, Let's say you got a a Corvette, what, 800, 850? No, no, no. That, the the Challenger, the Hellcat Demon is, uh, or the Challenger Demon, that's 840 horse with all the stuff on it. How about 1,100 horsepower? Oh, my God. <laughs> In a crate? In a crate motor. Jeebus uh, Chrysler. Yeah, no kidding. According to uh, an article <laughs> from musclecarsandtrucks.com, a web, another website I really like, uh, KTEC has successfully built race engines for championship-winning Cadillac CTS VRs, which is the race version, uh-huh. Corvette C5R, C6R race versions, uh, Corf, uh, the Z... ZR1 or the C7R, they've done all these race engines, and they've released the new Track Attack LT5 crate engine. Uh, it's based on the seventh gen Corvette ZR1, but this one, rather than pushing out the 755 horse that that thing pushed out, this is pushing 1159 horsepower. Oh my god! A <laughs> thousand sixty-three pound-feet of torque, and you. And you can buy one. They'll sell you one of these damn things. All I'm seeing is your car looking like a corkscrew when you punch that thing the first time. Well, yeah, and think about the tire you got to have. Well, see, what we do is we make this steamroller back tire, and then we split her down the center so you got some place for your drive shaft to run. 
1,159 horsepower. I love this day uh, and age. The, the company completely overhauled the LT5 and then built it back with a proprietary CNC-ported cylinder head and competition valves, yeah. new pistons from Diamond Pistons, two supercharger choices. Uh, displacement is 388 cubic inch, up from the 375. Uh, while compression is, jumps from uh, to 10.3 uh, from uh, 10 to 1. Now, what kind of fuel are you going to – you're going to have to go, like, to the, uh, I don't know. the little airport. In Freaking it. grape juice? You know, the, <laughs> the purple race gas crap? How? I don't know, man, but damn, that's just incredible that they can get that out of that, and you can go buy one, and what do you, something like that should be extraordinarily expensive. Well, I know it's not cheap because what the uh, the 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 one we were looking at last week that we talked about that no, that's well, I thought like I just twelve thirteen grand. Yeah, that was twelve thirteen grand, and I, and this thing this uh, you can get an LT five from GM directly for eighteen eight. KTAC hasn't released pricing on this, but it, you would expect it would be kind of close to what you can get from GM. So I'm guessing around twenty, maybe. But for twenty thousand dollars, doesn't that seem like a ton of power? And I would, whoa. I would think I would think it's probably. Wouldn't you think around thirty uh, for something like that with all the toys they've taken out and put in? Maybe twenty twenty five. I don't know. But put son it, of a gun. Let me put it to, in perspective yeah. for you. <laughs> Building the four hundred nine and Vlad. Was a twenty thousand dollar undertaking. Yeah, and I could have done this. And you're talking how many horsepower out of the four hundred nine and Vlad? I don't know, like around four hundred, four fifty, something like. Probably closer to four and a quarter, I would guess. It's healthy, but I could have done this. I could have done this. Now there's an offset. I would have had to cut out the uh, <laughs> cut out the trunk to put wheel tubs in it. Yeah. <laughs> To Just hold the, the wrinkle wall drag slicks it would take from <laughs> being able to harness 1,100 horsepower. I just love the idea of it. It's stupid as it can be. Uh, like I said, there's no word on price yet, but you can get an LT5 from GM Direct for 18.8. Uh, you could probably go to another tuning company and get similar power out of that engine. But uh, wow, man, 1,100 plus horsepower right out of the box. Take it home, put it in whatever you think you're not going to twist in half. It's pretty sweet. <laughs> the the operative phrase is cowl flex. <laughs> <laughs> One of the things you probably won't be putting it in is your pickup truck. Oh, you uh, could. You haul it home in the pickup truck. There's a, uh, and I just thought this was hilarious. It's it's totally cheesecake fluff piece, but I love this. Oh, I saw this thing earlier this week. Yeah, Ford I get it. came out with the 2020 Great American Truck Survey. And they've got some pretty interesting statistics on it. Uh, the, now, for a background, the Ford F-Series was the top-selling truck in 2019. This is according to Statista.com, and the original article is from MuscleCarsAndTrucks.com. They've been the top-selling truck for a long time. For a while. Time. Yeah. You know, uh, they, uh, they just posted the results of their two tw- uh, 2020 Great American Truck Survey exercise conducted with the help of Penn Schoen Berland surveyed 2,000 truck owners. Oh, yeah, them. Yeah, those guys. <laughs> Which one? Penn or Sean? Uh-huh. Who knows, Berlin? Uh, 2,000 truck owners here in the United States learned a bit more about the people behind the vehicles. Ford truck owners make up 38% of the group surveyed. So it wasn't just truck owners. It was truck owners. It wasn't just Ford truck owners. Yeah, but 38%. That's a chunk. And of the total surveyed, 54% were male and 46% were female. Good on you girls. Which I think is kind of cool. Now, what made me laugh about this stupid article 
is that they asked people, uh, you know, they asked the owners which activities they would give up for a whole year mm-hmm. before they would give up the keys to their truck. And uh, the top, what, six answers are, coming in at 38% of the uh, respondents, they would give up having sex for a year <coughs> Bullshit. before they would give up their truck. 44% would give up eating meat for a year. Before I'm calling they... BS on that one, too. I don't know. Uh, you know, you got to think about where the ownership is now, and it's it's a fairly younger crowd. Uh, 47% would said they would give up using a phone for a year. I'd do that. I That's the one where I start going, uh, if you... Hell, everybody and their next-door neighbor are addicted to their telephones. I wish I didn't have to have one. I'm, I'm kind of there, but I don't want to sound like the get-off-my-lawn guy. But No, yeah. I, well, uh, I'm guilt. I shouted at that at two people yesterday. So. <laughs> and I meant it. <laughs> I, I really did. Get the hell out of my yard. What are you doing? Um, drinking coffee. 71% said they'd give that up for a year before they'd give up their truck. Not a chance. This one made me sad. This would This would be hard. 79% of people said they would give up drinking alcohol. I'd drop dead after two weeks. <laughs> they'd give up their truck. And least, but certainly last, uh, 82%. <laughs> you know what? Yeah, I think I would, too. I, I think part I, of my be, fuel system. I, I, you know, it, drinking alcohol is what makes me able to tolerate stupid people. <laughs> <laughs> and I just run on coffee, booze, and fear. We said the three most important things in our house during lockdown Coffee, alcohol, internet. <laughs> In that order. Yeah. <laughs> so 82% would give up their streaming service nah, I'd do uh, before they give up their truck. Yeah. I'd give up the streaming service and the phone. All the rest of this stuff, I can. Well, you know, everything I like is illegal, immoral, or fattening. So. <laughs> And there you have it. Uh-huh. So another statistic, just on a side note, you might not expect, 40% of those who responded to the Great American Truck Survey said they're excited about electric trucks. And 62% of those responding from California shared this sentiment. So some interesting stuff about how much you love your truck. You know, the electric truck thing, I would consider just based solely off what we've seen uh, in performance from the Teslas. Yes, you know, the Tesla okay. Model S and how quick they are and everything else. And I'm I'm in the minority here. I want to see the new Tesla truck. The thing, oh, definitely. The thing looks just obnoxious enough to be a whole lot of fun. And the claims they're making about output and everything, it, I want to drive one. They look cool. Besides, you own one of those, you get to play Tron every day. <laughs> every <laughs> single stinking day. So, yeah, I'd, I would consider that. But... You know, giving up sex, eating meat, drinking coffee, drinking alcohol. No. Not none even of for it. not even for no, you. Tesla. I'll give up Sorry. driving for a year before I do any of that <laughs> crap. That's all the cars, not just the truck. So I ain't buying it. Oh boy, this guy's got a great name. I love it. Wolf Richter. <laughs> and Diddy. Yep. Um asset class of classic cars sinks, hits a uh, high end hits five year low. Mm. Priciest Ferraris dropped the most. American muscle cars fall to 2007 levels. Uh, first of all, the 2007 levels, pre-downturn, which was 2007, things were going pretty strong and people were buying a lot of stuff that they don't even buy now. Uh, custom choppers were at an all-time high oh, in yeah, 2007. Yeah. Yeah. And 
classic cars and hot rods were also doing really well. And here's how I know. We had a guy who was renting space for his motorcycle and car dealership out of one of our warehouses. Whoa. So, yeah, he only had to kick me out of his shop about three days a week. <laughs> so, it, to, seeing falls to 2007 levels, it's not that bad. The other part of this was the market hit its high for everything across the board in late summer 2015. That was the peak after the run-up. Everything got really weird and out of hand, and then things that are starting to fall back down. I think it's just a price correction. It's not that bad. You take that combined with no no classic car auctions, no collector car auctions oh, yeah. from February until this month, with the exception of a few being held online. You know, there's going to be I, I I would feel better about seeing the graph on this at the end of this year. Now, with that said. The Haggerty Market Index is tracking all different sorts of cars, and we've seen auction activity drop to the lowest since December 2010. Well, of course it has. There haven't been any auctions. <laughs> and private market activity fell to the lowest since May 2012, according to Haggerty. I'm wondering if later in this article they don't bring, up, bring, an, bring a trailer because their auctions have been going nuts they you know it is surprising and i forget who it was we talked to it might have been on a driven radio show yeah yeah uh, dave, about- dave kenny and greg ingold yes and uh right now on bring a trailer i just read something last week they said bring a trailer is up 65 percent for the year lordy mercy and that's not chicken feed that's that's a ton more business and you're not talking just you know they're they're selling a lot of things at lowball I mean, these are no. these auctions are going pretty tall. No, you know, one of the things that's really hot right now is OBS pickups, old body style, meaning square body Ford and Chevy. And they sold, I think it was either tail end of last week or maybe it was yesterday, uh, they sold a Chevy Cheyenne pickup, a 1973 Chevy Cheyenne. Four-wheel drive, manual transmission, very low options, not a lot of stuff, yeah. almost a work truck. But it only had 580-some miles on it, like 586 or 589. It was really astonishingly low. Somebody bought this and tucked it away, obviously. Yeah. And it was like new. It was, you know, looked like it was fresh out of the wrapper, new. That thing sold for eighty-eight or $89,000. $1,000. Good Lord. It's a pickup in a work, <laughs> in a work truck at that. Now, granted, it's brand new. And... If you are restoring a truck or if you wanted to have an example of what it really was and you wanted to, this is it. There aren't any others of these. If there are, there's maybe one or two in the world with miles that low, untouched, great condition, paint was still in good shape. It looked beautiful. Surprising it still ran with that low of miles and being that old. I mean, that's... That's not much time spent, you know, chug, chug, chugging. You know, I didn't really read the auction in great detail. I just caught it as a blurb yeah. this afternoon. And I looked at that for a second. And I thought, gee, many Christmas, man. That's, <laughs> that's, that's pretty darn decent for just an old barebone Chevy. Does it smell a little bit like Beanie Babies to you? Like somebody going, oh, yeah, this is a, this will be the investment. This is the big thing because look at it right now. Everything has, a, you know, probably a life cycle as far as sales goes. Might have been thinking, you know, like the Broncos that are just going out of sight. Yeah, well. Uh, all the classic Broncos and then they're uh, rebuilding them. I got and to, those are even more. I got to drive an OBS square body Bronco for five years. 
and put 30,000 miles on it and got $6,000 more out of it when I sold it than when, <laughs> when I bought, bought it. it. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm not mad about that at all. Yeah, yeah, now, I didn't bring any $80,000. If my Bronco had <laughs> sold that, I would have gone to Jamaica for six months. Yeah. You wouldn't be talking to me right now, Mark. I'd be on my own personal island. I would be right. I'd be writing books about, hey, do it like I do it. <laughs> However, the Haggerty Market Index, which tracks prices and volume of classic cars that sold at auctions and private sales, and is adjusted for inflation, dropped 1.9% in June from May, uh, in in June from May to a value of 138.07. Uh, it's now 11.8% down from a year ago and 26% down from the all-time high in August of 2015. During the financial crisis, the index fell 16%, peaked to bottom. But the financial crisis wasn't anything like what we've had for the last three months, where everybody's been locked away. The economy yeah. went to crap in a handbag, but it's coming back pretty strong now as things start to open back up. I, I have high hopes for the, for the very near future. I think we're going to come back. It's going to take a little while till we were, uh, to, where, to get back to where we were pre-COVID, yeah. but I think we're going to get there. I, well, I'm really is, hopeful that we're going to get there. There is at least a, a good sign somewhere in all those lists. Oh, because, yeah. You yeah. Know, it looked like some of the, uh, the top dogs were the ones that took the biggest hits. Well, and the, that's the other thing. you got to take in, into consideration that there are lots of boomers who are retiring now. And part of that retirement, uh, quite a few of them are liquidating uh, yeah. collections that they had. And they had some great higher-end stuff, but they're selling them now. To finance retirement or you know change whatever life you know, they're they're moving from the job they had to whatever they want to do going forward. Yeah, you you also have guys like us who are Gen Xers and we're kind of in between. Uh, we're the next step after the Boomers, and we are collecting what we like, but we have been for a while, or we're at least looking for it. And then you've got the generation after us. You're starting to see millennials get into collecting. And the stuff they're collecting is the same stuff we're going Okay, what was cool when you were growing up? What was cool when you were in high school? And they yeah. are just starting to come into having discretionary income. So they're not doing big dollar stuff yet, but they are starting to collect. And that's the coolest thing yet. They're starting to collect. They're still crazy about cars, which means... Oh yes, there's a chance they'll infect their kids too. We're <laughs> we're going to keep this thing alive, and there is good news in this. You know, uh, blue chips went down and Ferraris went down, but affordable classics uh, under forty thousand dollars are going up. Damn it, they are. Well, yeah, but that <laughs> that doesn't say affordable classic unloved Mopars yes. uh, in, in in the. <laughs> In the, step child in, the, on wheels. in the hills of the Ozarks. <laughs> so, uh, but no, it, they the the graph shows this index shows that collectible cars under forty thousand dollars are on the rise and they're going up pretty steadily, and uh, we've seen an especially good bump over the last twelve months, yeah. and uh, I'm happy to see that some of the things that are really hot right now, uh, vintage Volkswagens, Beetles, and Carmen Gias are still going up. Uh, God bless our buddy Ken from uh, Driven Radio Show last week. Uh, Datsun 240Zs are going uh, who up. Who knew? Yeah, yeah, no kidding. Uh, we've seen some of those do really am amazing things. I saw one go down at uh, at the lake auction in Scottsdale, and it was in the 40s. 
Maybe. Yeah, no kidding. Remember when you could buy these things for three grand all week long? Sometimes you still can. Yeah, no. Yeah. Yeah, where I time shop. To, time to start looking. <laughs> but we're also seeing BMW 2002s and Volkswagens, uh, Toyota MR2s, Dodge Stealths, things that were cool 15, 20 years ago yeah. when those people were, were kids. So that's pretty cool. Um, seeing seeing a downward tick in muscle cars. Damn it. I know, uh, right? Two damn it's. Yeah, I know. I know. Especially when there's one in your garage. Yeah. <laughs> there is that. But uh, it's a really great article. It's from Haggerty. Take a look at their uh, their index of, uh, of collector cars and take a look at the graphs. Ferrari, man, did Ferrari take a freaking hit. But Ferrari's got so weird yeah. after the downturn when we were coming out of the recession. That I think that's kind of a price adjustment. But great article from Haggerty. Go look it up. Written by a guy, great name, Wolf Richter. <laughs> Almost sounds like he, you made that one up for yourself. <laughs> I am Wolf Richter. Wolf Richter. Good to see you. <laughs> yeah, by God. Well, the, uh, speaking of your car, actually, we might find a way to unshelve that thing. You can find links to these stories and more on our blog at RoadMuscleRadio.com. Now, coming up in our second segment, David Williams from Fast Lane Classic Cars in St. Louis, Missouri, comes on to talk fast cars, fast sales, fast driving, and fast fun. Stick around. we got more Road Muscle Radio coming up. We're back with Road Muscle Radio. You can find us on the web at roadmuscleradio.com, on Twitter at Road Muscle Radio, and on Facebook. Plus, find us drooling at car events all around Kansas City because, yeah, that's how we roll. Absolutely. You know? <laughs> Fastlane Classic Cars, speaking of drooling, has a motto. We sell investments that accelerate. And they ain't kidding. Founded in 1994, the family-owned classic and collector car dealership has built itself into a campus in St. Louis, or St. Charles, Missouri, uh, right outside of St. Louis. Lived in St. Charles for a year myself, as a matter of fact, with three huge showrooms filled with over 180 high-quality cars, trucks, and motorcycles. Cobras? You bet. It's the largest backdraft dealer in the Midwest. 1947 Indian Chief? Yep. 57 Corvette, sure. 69 Killer Green Camaro, got it. 1970 Superbird, naturally. 1976 Good Time Sexy Chevy Van, check. I've, I've looked at that van four or five oh, times dude, isn't online. That wicked? I, I sign me up. Oh, uh, motorcycles. How about a 2010 Big Dog Bagger? Duh. Yeah, they got it. And so freaking many more. David Williams, welcome to Road Muscle Radio. Hello, guys. You have quite the candy store, sir. I love coming to work every day. People ask me, when am I going to retire? I says, I've been retired for 26 years. <laughs> I don't retire. I just get new tires. Let's go. That's right. I get new tires. You betcha I do. Now, in I, 1994, how did you guys start up Vaseline Classic Cars? Well, I met this guy. He was in the Mustang business for years. And, in fact, I bought the first Mustang that I sold from him, and then we decided to try and we had a partnership for a couple of years, and the fifty grand that my friend lent me, him and I flew to Pomona, California, at the drag strip at the swap meet there. You start shopping at 3 or 4 in the morning with your uh, flashlight, and by 9 o'clock, everybody's gone. And we spent fifty grand on about eight cars. 
And uh, we shipped them home, and that's how I started. Oh, my. Okay, so what were some of those very first cars? Do you happen to remember? Because I am curious no. now. Damn it. I don't have that's a right in my, uh, They weren't very expensive. That's right in my price range. <laughs> yeah. Pomona, I'm writing this down. Seven cars, so you're talking about $6,000 a car, 7000 a car. Nice. Well, tell us yeah. about, uh, obviously, your inventory has increased somewhat since then. Tell us about the inventory at Fastlane uh, Classic Cars right now. Well, we've got probably close to 200 cars, and we range from, you know, from we can have a 1920 uh, Ford to a 2019 Corvette. So we have a gamut of cars, and, you know, most of my cars that we sell are, 20 to 35,000, you know, so there's a lot of dealers in the country. They like to carry those high dollar cars, but you know, we just deal with regular folks that come in here that, that just want something to drive and enjoy. And it doesn't have to be the nicest, the greatest, you know, $80,000 car. Some people can't afford to buy an $80,000 car, but they can afford, you know, 15 or $25,000. And we sell a lot of them and they're nice, but they're, they're not the most expensive. But we do have the expensive cars also. Oh, yeah. I, uh, you know, uh, like right now I'm scrolling through some of your inventory. And uh, there's like one that I, I just love. It's that 48 Willys Jeepster. It's restored. But, you know, the beauty of it is, is it looks like something that you could get in and be willing to drive. I'm, I'm not much on trailer queens, not like I could ever afford one. Plus, if I've got something like that sitting around, I want to get in it. And I want to put some miles on it. That's part of the fun. I bought that. I bought that from a gentleman about 10 days ago in Illinois. And, uh, in fact, I bought two cars from him, and he restored that. And it's just the nicest. It's beautiful, but the nicest driving uh, willies you're going to find. Just a very cool little Jeep. There's a 55 Mercury Montclair at 25. Fantastic driving. Oh, that's that's in your neighborhood, baby. Oh, yeah. And then you've got uh, some of these resto mods going on. That 58, uh, uh, there's a 58 Apache and 57 Ford F100. With a paint job that's just wild. That, yeah, pretty yeah. car, pretty truck. It's so fun. So this, uh, this, and you can see this at FastLaneCars.com, and I really do recommend, you know, uh, if you're listening right now, to get on there while we talk <laughs> and have your own oh-my-God fest. Pretty sure when I left the house this afternoon, there was a window open on FastLane Classic on my computer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. now, it's really a fun play, I mean, I've got five buildings now, and, you know, I mean, we've got a cool gift shop. We have a, a place for people to rent for parties and weddings here. But, you know, the antiques around here and the kids that come in, they're grand, they come in with their grandfathers, and they show them this is what I used to play with, you know, a tin toy. And, and it's just amazing that, that these dads can come in here and, these grand, and their grandkids, they don't have a clue. You know, I might have an old dial tone phone here. That's on display, and they go, "What's that, Papa?" So it's, it's really we have a lot of fun here. <laughs> and then you go uh, outside of the gift shop to the the other gift shop. <laughs> and that's say, right. What's that, Papa? That's yep. a triple deuce, Junior. <laughs> and uh, that's right. Well, you sell all these cars, and I also noticed that you have a button to sell your car. So, how does uh, having Fastlane Classic Cars sell my car work? Well. And how that works is, and I have people from around the country daily call me, and they either want to consign a car, you know, they've been referred 
uh, to me by a friend and uh, or they want me to buy it. And usually when people can sign a car, I can get them a little bit more money than if I bought it because I'm using their money and not my money. And uh, and it's it's a real easy program and people like the way we do it. And, you know, they give me a number and I mark it up a little bit and and when I call them up, I says, uh, send me the title, and I just sold your car, and I have your check ready, and it's real easy. Nice. So let's say, you know, Brett, do you have a, just off the top of your head, what the market would be on a, oh, I don't know, a 61? 61 Impala Street Rod, red with a black stripe down the side, built 409 dual quad with a four-speed. Do you think that would? Cool car. <laughs> what do you think, David? Do you think that one would go? That's it. <laughs> That's a cool car. That we tell that all day long. Yeah, asking for a friend. All right. So, <laughs> not, not only yeah. not only do you sell these cars, uh, you help people create or restore their own. What all the, are the uh, the restoration and modification services that you offer? I mean, is it just a little bit of engine work, or how far do you go? Well, there we you know we do probably we restore probably three to five cars a year. And you know what? We just finished a '68 Camaro convertible, and it went back to stock. The the 327 motor in it. He wanted to make it yellow, and we did. And the car he just picked it up here about two hours ago, and it was in restoration for probably a year. And you know, it needed floors and quarter panels, and we did all that. And he was ecstatic when he saw the car. You know, that's um. I gotta admit, Brett and I have talked about that before because I do love I love resto mods. But for me, there is something about climbing into a vehicle that's, you know, if not exactly, it's pretty close to what it was when the first owner had it. There's something about that right. feel of driving it on the road and knowing what that felt like. Uh, that's, that's right. But, you know, these, these resto mods are a big deal, but they're expensive. You know, no these kidding. resto mods, you, know, you could spend, <laughs> I got a buddy of mine building a 69 Charger with a Hemi in it. It's 400000 Dang. That he's doing for a customer. And uh, it's just amazing what some of these resto mods, you know, I took a year ago, I bought a 38 or 36 Plymouth Street Rod. It was over the top. The guy spent 250 on it, and he had to sell it, and I paid him 80 for it. I thought that was fair. And I said, you know, we're going to take it to Bear Jackson. I, I can get a good number for it, and I think the car will do well, and maybe it would break the bank. And it's just amazing how you can have a car with $250,000 that ended up selling for 78000 after I paid the 10% ship, and I lost money. So, you know, you just don't <laughs> know about some of these street rods or resto mods. Yeah. Like resto mods are real hot right now if they're done right, and if they got the big bad boy Ellis motors in it or the Coyote motors for Ford. And if they're done right, they can do very well, and people love them. People can see some pics and find out some of what's going on with that at Fastlane or at uh, FastlaneCars.com. Uh, you know, when you go through mechanical and systems, uh, restoration, modification, even the interior, and then down at the bottom of that page, you've got maintenance. You do just oil changes. People can come in and get their service done. People come in here and bring their car to get a detail. And it leaves here, looks brand new, and people are ecstatic. I got a detail department second to none. Nice. So you can get anything and everything done here. We are talking with David Williams, owner of Fastlane Classic Cars in St. Louis, and you can check out their website, fastlanecars.com, and, uh, and dig on the, uh, uh, the, the toy store. How did you guys do as a business 
during the that total COVID crackdown when just darn near everybody was closed? How did you guys do? Well, you know, I get that question asked a lot every day. And, you know, I'm going I'm to knock on wood. We were blessed. Uh, we were closed, but we were for appointment only. You know, the gift shop was closed. Our party room was closed. Our service department was open because it's a it, it's an essential part of the business. And uh, that was open. But our business was, my May was better than it's been in six years. So it was truly amazing. And we are absolutely blessed. And, you know, people respected the COVID. They came in with masks. And if they came in with an appointment, and we shipped a lot of cars, you know, to other states and cities. And, and you know, it's been wonderful here. And, you know, nobody's been sick around here and uh, nobody's had any problems. And, you know, we made it through this time and hopefully we, we continue. See, but, this- you know, we've been very, very blessed on what's happened here with this COVID. Got a lot of friends that had problems with their businesses. So, you know, we're blessed. This is the problem with leaving gearheads at home. Because usually we're out working trying to figure out how to make money for that next toy, and we're setting it aside, and we're getting excited and everything else. Then you leave us at home in front of a computer for a couple, three weeks on end, and we just, you know, I'd like to have that. You know, know, I'd like to have that. You know, I'd like to have that. You know what? I'm just going to buy the damn thing. Fast lane That's plastic right. cars like a pimp sit there waiting for you. Come on, come on, you know you want it. Uh-huh. <laughs> I do. <laughs> well, uh, where do you see this market heading? I mean, you had this great May in this weird time. Uh, where do you see the market going? You know, I think it's it's going to be good this year. You know, I think, you know, there's been no auctions. Uh, they're just going to start up here. But there's been no auctions since uh, February that, you know, and I do a lot of auctions. And I like to go, I bring my chocolate lab to auctions. My wife, Laura, comes with me, and we just have a ball and sing people that we know. And sometimes we'll bring some cars. Sometimes I, I might buy a couple cars that I see that I really like. And, uh, and that's a fun part of the business for me. We uh, talked in the earlier segment about uh, the market and some of the places where it was going, especially with the high-end vehicles, and then the kind of affordable, approachable uh, American classics. What do you see as some of the best buys out there for the 20 K and under class? And of course I'm asking for a friend, <laughs> you know, yeah, I asking for you. You got a lot of, you friends. know, the 80 cars One. with low mile, the nineties tr- trucks, you know, the eighties and nineties. And that was the new age group. You know, me at my age, you know, I was the sixties cars and seventies cars. So it's now the eighties and nineties. And, you know, Porsches were getting real hot. They're slowing down a little bit. You know, we sold a couple 68, 72 Volkswagen Beetles. And, you know, it's just, it's, we sell a gambit of everything because you can come here and get a nice car. And, and you're not going to worry about finding a piece of junk here because if I accidentally buy a piece of junk, I've got to fix it and make it into a good car or I won't sell it. And, you know, and we, and we, we stick to that. To my goals and all my people here that, and my general manager that buys cars when I'm not here, you know, that's, we care. We want to make sure that people get a good car from us. And, and whether it's a $12,000 car, an $8,000 car, or a $80,000 car, you know, it's very important to us. Now, this past weekend, speaking of cars, speaking of a guy who likes to drive them, uh, David, you went out and hit the tracks. Can you tell us where you went, what you drove? And how you did. So I've been campaigning 
I've, I've had a Cobra for 15 years, and I used to road race and drag race. And about six, seven years ago, I bought a GT40 Superformance car, and I started campaigning that and road racing that, vintage racing it, and I do very well with it. And then I've turned my Cobra into a monster. It's now a strictly a drag car, although I drive it on the streets, but it's a... 900 to 1,000 horsepower. We're going to know tomorrow night for our final testing. We're going to test at Gateway. We're hoping to get the car. It's been a goal of mine for 10 years to get it in the eight-second quarter mile. And it should run 870s, 880s at 155 miles an hour. It's a twin turbo, 427, 900 to 1,000 horsepower, and it's a monster, and it's a handful. And it's still a a, a ship car. I was at Tulsa. It's called the Shelby Meet in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and uh, we road raced for two days. It was Thursday and Friday, and then we took it to the drag strip on Saturday. And uh, we qualified number one on Thursday, and then it poured buckets of water on Friday, uh. so we couldn't get on the track. And then we went to the drag strip on Saturday, and it was more for a test session. And we started running 10 seconds, it went to 950s, and we got it to 920s, and we broke a weld on uh, one of the turbos and so we brought it back and we're going to test it again tomorrow night and, and like i said my goal's been wanting to get in the eights and hopefully we do it tomorrow night it's been a 10-year goal of mine and wow. tomorrow is going to be my day unbelievable well given what you've just told us we may have covered this question but <laughs> my favorite question for all our guests and the one that i like at the end of the interview what is the dumbest thing you've ever done in a car? Uh, well, it, I'll tell you, it wasn't a car. It was a go-kart. <laughs> and two years ago, one of my, uh, my restoration guys built a go-kart. Now, I can race a go-kart, but they have little slicks on them. Mm-hmm. So he gives me this go-kart, and it's got big mud tires on it. So David wasn't thinking. So, <laughs> and I like doing spin-outs with my Cobra in the driveways here and other cars, but mostly my cars in my Cobra, and I do spin-outs, and I can spin it five times in the same spot, and everybody gets a kick out of that. So I decided to try to do that with this golf cart. I mean, this go-kart. Well, I spun it. It flipped me, and five minutes later, the ambulance had to come because I had a concussion. Oh, my God. And then, <laughs> and then through, a week later, I ended up having a seizure, and I was a mess for two months. Oh, so my Lord. wife had to drive me around for... Two or three months, and she didn't like that because I'm I'm not a good passenger. So God love her. She stuck with me, and then I got back in the car, and that was probably the dumbest thing I've ever done. David, you you got a concussion and had to go to the hospital from a go kart. From a go kart, <laughs> and you're I driving a Cobra. Once, wasn't doing very fast, and sure enough, I bumped my head. I didn't have a helmet on. It had to hit my head, scarred me all oh. up, and I ended up in the hospital. So Son that of was gone. <laughs> what what a what a change from driving a Cobra with a thousand horsepower and you know doing a yeah. nine se- nine keep, second keep quarter. Me in my thousand horsepower Cobra, but don't put me in a go kart. Yeah. Well, Cobra's probably safer anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's my Cobra, my thousand horse Cobra. You're right, uh, Brett. It's safer. <laughs> well, uh, you can visit fastlanecars.com for contact info, info, and to see the pure car porn that they call "quote unquote" inventory. Mm-hmm. And you can also find Fastlane Classic Cars on Facebook, on YouTube, on Twitter. Twitter and Instagram. David, thank you so much for joining us on Road Muscle Radio. 
Hey, thank you guys. This is an honor that you called me all the way from Kansas City. And Mark and Brett, thank you so much. You know, I like finding out about places that are somewhat nearby. We're, we're located in Kansas City. We've got some awesome places here. But uh, when I was stumbling around on the Internet and I happened to come across that and stub my toe on those cars, I'm like, oh, my God, I've got to, I got to talk to this guy. I wasn't kidding even a little. I've looked through a lot of their inventory, and they get cool stuff in. And last year they had a, I want to say it was a 71 Corvette convertible black with tan. And I don't know that oh. I'd ever seen another one with that combo. Black, tan, tan convertible top. Rally's luggage rack. It was slick. <laughs> and uh, I looked at that a lot. A, yeah. lot, a lot of times and a lot of evenings sitting there going, you know, if I saw If I just, if I just, if I just, you know, I think you and I have the same disease that my dad had. Because what my dad would do is every three years, right when it was getting to the end of that three-year warranty, mm-hmm. suddenly he'd be coming home a little bit later. Hey, well, what was you doing, Pops? Oh, I don't know. I just stopped by the car lot, Chrysler lot, uh-huh. Ford lot. Thought I'd just, you know, see what's out there, see what they're doing now. And exactly. And what he was doing was teasing himself, getting himself into a frenzy before he finally pulled the trigger. And, Dude, that's uh, my life. Yeah. <laughs> I've done that since I was 14, man. He'd almost be proud of me because I'm doing it all over Facebook, but then I just don't quite pull the trigger. But I, I've tried. you got to admit, I've made offers. No, 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 no. You have made offers. You have made a real effort. You've made a better effort than I have. Because mine always is dependent upon me partying with something I already got. <laughs> and as much as I've whined about working on Vlad and all that, I drove her Sunday. God, she's... <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, 409 magic, baby. I love you, Brett. I love you, Brett. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Great having him on. And also... You, thank you for listening for sharing your time with us as we yak about grease, gears, and cool car stuff. There's kind of nothing like going on a fun ride, especially when you've got some great friends to go on it with. So be sure to visit us on Facebook at Road Muscle Radio at RoadMuscleRadio.com and on Twitter. I'm Catfish Groves. And I am Brett Hatfield. We'll catch you down the road on Road Muscle Radio. Road Muscle Radio.